All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. First Baldry's Beat of the Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, Including you. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say <laughs> that. Um, let's start with the the news that Canada now will require testing for travelers entering the country from China. This is because, what, there's so much COVID in China. Right? Oh, COVID is out of control in China, which adopted the COVID zero practice rather than going the vaccination route, yeah. uh, and they're paying the price now. So Canada is just, I think they're up to 20 countries now requiring uh, passengers from uh, mainland China, Hong Kong, and Macau. Yeah to have a negative PCR test before they're allowed to get on an aircraft coming into these countries. Right. And no surprise. I mean, it was announced, uh, Duclos, uh, Jean-Pierre Duclos announced it on uh, Saturday. It takes effect, I think, some, I think Thursday uh, this week. Uh, but again, no surprise given that other countries are doing this as well. Why is COVID such a big problem in China, even the, the lockdown restrictions they've had there? Because lockdowns are nowhere near as effective as vaccinations. And okay. so China did not go the, the, the vaccination route anywhere near and with the same vaccination, uh, same uh, manufacturers as the rest of much of the rest of the world did. And made their own vaccine. Right? And they're paying the price that uh, these um, these lockdown restrictions, locking people in their rooms, these COVID, this COVID zero approach just doesn't work over the long term it worked short term it didn't work long term what about testing people coming into canada from china will that work well they're testing people before they get on the aircraft before they come before, before so it's yeah. not you have no, to be negative to get into the country and yeah. we'll see how that works i mean it's yeah. a little self-policing here but it's not like there's going to be changes at yvr it's just yeah. it's at the embarkation point it's where you get on the aircraft which is in mainland china hong kong or Macau. There are some physicians who suggest this is not really going to have a huge impact, but because we're so heavily vaccinated. But uh, we'll see. Well, let's listen to one of those physicians. So this is Dr. Isaac Bogach, infectious disease specialist, Toronto General Hospital, very high-profile commentator on the uh, pandemic measures here, and he doesn't think this will do a lot. Here's what he had to say. Then I'll get your thoughts. What's the goal of a policy like this? Is this to really prevent COVID from entering Canada? We've got plenty of COVID, thank you very much. So it's not really going to do much from that standpoint. Is this going to prevent the introduction of potential variants of concern? No, we know that targeted travel restrictions and travel measures like this don't do that. We've seen that already. Okay, despite that, though, we see a lengthening list of countries that are taking these measures, though. Yeah, because COVID is still with us. You know, Dr. right. COVID is, is, it's not like it's disappeared. It's not necessarily going to grow in huge numbers, but there's more variants. There's another variant called now named Kraken or Kraken, Kraken. Yeah. that has emerged that is seen to be quite serious. But I haven't seen any stats of how many cases are in BC. I think we're still dealing with Omicron. But you go to the Center for Disease Control website, they haven't updated it for a couple of weeks. But nevertheless, it still shows I think there were more than 350 people in hospital with COVID 19 as of December 22nd. I don't think that number's changed much since then. It might have changed. Up. I get a daily tracker from the New York Times that uh, tracks cases that basically suggest things have been pretty static for some time, which is still, you know, a significant number of people are ill with COVID-19. There is still kind of a, a very vocal COVID zero movement right here in BC that people who want mask mandates, they want mm -hmm. some sort of lockdown measures. 
Uh, and I know you get a lot of this on Twitter. I was just taking a look at your your Twitter feed with some of your year end New Year's messages. <laughs> And there are people, uh, you get it from both sides. I mean, you get it from the anti-vax people and yeah. you get it from the COVID-0 people. Right. These are kind of the two extremes on the spectrum. And like the, you got anti-vax on one side who say basically don't, you know, we don't want vaccine mandates. And then the other extreme is people who want even tougher mandates. Yeah. So, I don't think they represent a, a significant portion of the population, but they're very vocal. Um, but COVID-0 doesn't work as we saw in China over the long term. Vaccinations uh, are what keep people healthy for the most part. It doesn't mean... You're not going to get COVID-19, but you're not going to get very seriously ill from it, is what the science shows us. So the people who want uh, mass mandates and close the schools and shutter things uh, are out of step with public opinion. The public, are, One of the tenets of public health is you need public buy-in to public yeah. health measures. And we had that buy-in at the beginning of the, throughout the pandemic where people willingly bought into vaccine mandates and mass mandates and closing various uh, – parts of society <clears throat> but over the long term that's just not what the public is accepting no, particularly people, when you get four doses or three doses of a vaccine you're not going to buy into one of these covid zero tenants which is to shut everything down right and we were talking just off the air before we came on about how from the very start of the pandemic like and your discussions with dr bonnie henry that mm -hmm. you know her approach to public health on this was she didn't she didn't shut the schools down she, I think they were closed she for a you know, couple she weeks. She doesn't want to bring back a man, mask mandate now. I remember one of the very first briefings that I attended. I attended well, more than 250 of them with her and Adrian Dix, another public health official. I asked her about pu public health orders, and she said, look, I'm make it clear, I'm not a big fan of public health orders, uh, even though she's issued a number of orders as of public, other public health officials because they're orders of sort of governing uh, behavior and you can't necessarily do that unless you have public support for them so they have to be done very carefully and not uh, constantly which is interesting bc unlike for for the longest period of time you could not go into a restaurant sit down and have a meal west of uh, the, the maritimes unless you're in bc so so many provinces shut down the restaurant industry yeah. uh, we did for a while but we opened them up much earlier than other jurisdictions. We kept the schools open much longer and quicker than other jurisdictions because it was, re and we've had far less shutdown and lockdown in BC. And our health outcomes have, have, are not out of step with other provinces. We're just as, as good as others. Let's uh, transition here to a little federal politics here. I think this is going to be a really, really interesting year here to see oh, yeah. conservative leader Pierre Polyev as he continues to square off against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So let me play a clip here of Polyev. They got a lot of traction here and interest the last few days. So Polyev was asked about the, the F Trudeau signs. I think a lot of people are familiar with what I'm talking about. Like This was after Aaron, former leader Aaron O'Toole yeah. um, published something that suggests he was sick and tired of this this type of behavior and these type of signs. He wanted to get rid of them. So, of course, that drew some responses from Pierre Paul. Right. So, Pauliev was asked, what does he think about the, the F Trudeau signs? Here's what he had to say. I don't like the flags. Um, and I don't like rage. But I think we have to ask ourselves... Why are people so angry? Like, why are people so angry? And the answer is that they're hurting. It was an interesting response. Well, well, he's trying to have it both ways. He's he's not backing away from the F Trudeau uh, crowd. Um, but I'd, I'd question but he did, what but he did say. He's opposed to the signs that people should be more civil. He's, he's opposed to rage, which is great. But how many people in your social circle are raging? 
right now. I mean, I, I come in in the legislature on weekends, and I see every Saturday there's about a dozen people in the front of the legislature still associated with the trucker convoy, the Freedom Convoy, with their Canadian flags and F. Trudeau signs. And that's like 12 people. And that number hasn't grown for weeks. It's just a sort of a motley group of folks. And again, I think most people are concerned about the price of uh, the cost of living, inflation, recession, uh, employment, housing prices, but I don't think that's rage. I think there's a big difference between rage and concern. If we were to play the full extended clip of his answer there, he did touch on some of those issues. Like, so he said, why are people so angry? You know, talk to people who can't afford to buy a home. Talk to people who are like a 38-year-old living in their parents' basement because they can't afford to buy a home. Talk to other people who have uh, had, had are suffering from this economy with but interest is that, rates is going that, up. Is that rage? Well, this is the thing. Like, then he, then he's saying, are these people are angry? These people are are they angry? Like, is there a runaway rampant I, anger in Canada? These are not the people carrying around F Trudeau signs or on no. the or on the trucks. There's there's a group of, of young men in Victoria I see driving around in their little pickups with F Trudeau signs on them. Those are not representative of general society. People are far more concerned with what's going on in their personal lives than worrying about a, an F Trudeau sign. Where do you see Poliev going in, in this new year? Like I take a look at some of the opinion His polls. His numbers are not looking good. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm, And I'm especially among women voters, too. Oh. Like if you drill down in some of the demographics Huge here and the support. Off. Yeah, there's a little, there's a there's problem there. Is there a big problem there? And I go back to that Mississauga by-election, you know, yeah. which should have been something that he did better in. They Again, it's a it's not a safe liberal seat, but it was one they held before. But the Tories got trounced in that riding, and that's a key part of Metro Toronto. They have to do better in if they want to form power. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Peter in North Van. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, with respect, Keith, your bias is showing a little bit. You're dismissing the words that Paul Diev says uh, and putting another sort of agenda on them that that he didn't say, and that's that's pretty common. Um, you know, I remember a time when it seemed like pretty much every second car in Alberta had a bumper sticker on the back that said "Let the Eastern Bees Freeze in the Dark." which was a response to the first Trudeau's National Energy Program. And uh, I, I think that uh, while I might not have a flag or a sign on my car that says F. Trudeau, I certainly sympathize with the people who are feeling that way. There is a lot of rage out there against Trudeau and the way he dismisses whole groups of, of people. I'm not a trucker, but, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when there was no vaccines available, the truckers were our heroes putting themselves on the front lines and risk to get us food and other supplies. And then Trudeau made out anybody who said, well, gee, I'm, I'm surviving okay without a vaccine here. I've managed to avoid it for 18 months. And now you're saying I'm the problem. Okay. Uh, you know, well, uh, if there was I, a lot of rage out there, if there was a lot the of, call. if there was a lot of rage and a lot of um, F Trudeau sentiment out there, why didn't the Tories do better in the heart of Toronto? In the when people had a chance to go to the polls and vote, why wasn't the outcome radically different? I mean, there are some people who are super angry. Oh, sure, there's, there's lots some. of people who hate Trudeau. I, I would mean, say that's, uh, that, that's uh, the thing. Well, poll after poll after poll shows yeah. the, t- the conservatives and and the needle hasn't moved. We're still yeah. stuck in this uh, country with. 32% of the people like the Liberals, yeah. 32% like the Conservatives. Yeah. And that really hasn't changed fundamentally for years. Right. And as you know, to the caller's point, 
if talking about Alberta, I'm sure Polyev will do very well in Alberta. Alberta is not B.C. Alberta is not Metro Well, it's also Vancouver. not the rest of Canada. Because, you know, the, the election's power is won and lost in the suburbs of these big cities, like exactly. Metro Toronto, Metro Toronto, Vancouver. Vancouver, Montreal. And that's radically different uh, societal that's, attitudes in Alberta. And that's the big, that's the big challenge for the Conservatives, where they, 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 can't, they just can't seem to break through there, no matter what leader they put in, so, no. at least so far. Daryl in Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Unfortunately, I think what we're facing in Canada in, in, in political discourse is mimicking what's happening in the United States. They rage against the Democrats. They rage against Joe Biden, who's spending too much money. Uh, they, they want him to get rid of Jerome Powell. It's exactly what happens here. Fire the governor of the Bank of Canada. Rage against the liberals for spending too much money. And unfortunately, we are becoming almost Americanized in our polarization of politics in this country. Okay, oh, it's a very you. interesting call. I, yeah, that, that is a very good point. I don't think we're f- as far along as the as the states is when it comes to that radical polarization. Yeah. I still think there's that mushy middle class in Canada that is not raging or not necessarily all that happy, but just yeah. you know want to get through life and want to get and don't need necessarily government hovering over them but not abandoning them, them either. So I don't think you see the real polarization you see in the States. But the caller makes a good point. We may be headed along that path. Marco in Chilliwack. Hi. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I just, sure. you know, I just see the Conservatives still appealing to their base. And when they um, talk about those signs, it's just to their base. They need to talk about a platform of what they want to run on. And until they do that, mm-hmm. they're going to keep losing. Yeah. And as, um, as your analyst had said, like they got trounced in Mississauga, I have voted for both parties. But that's a real turnoff. And, you know, and the truckers didn't have uh, any support in Canada. As re- I remember listening to your program and something like two-thirds of Canadians wanted the military to come out. That's a horrible platform to run on. They need to run on what they want to do. And if I were the Liberals... I would just say that the conservatives are a rage machine. You know, I'm upper middle class, too, yeah. and I'm not raging. I mean, costs have gone up. But I honestly don't know anybody that's raging. But when I see okay. those signs of those truckers, those are people that would never vote for the liberals. Anyways, thank you. Thank you for the call. Yeah, no, great call. And we're seeing, what, look at the what happened in the midterms in the states. The Republicans running on rage went backwards, not forward. They lost the Senate. Um, this was, it was a real uh, shot to the to the head for the for the Liberals in those midterms. And uh, again, Pierre Poliev, he can run on rage and say people are out, are raging out in the country. That's not going to win him uh, government. Squeeze in one more. Patricia in West Van. Hi, Patricia. You got about 30 seconds here, okay? Okay. I just, I am, I am very angry, but I am very angry at Mr. Poliev. I'm a conservative, a progressive conservative, have been all my life. And all he's done is stoke anger amongst people, and that's not the way to unify, build a team, present a positive picture for Canada, which is in the middle of a global problem. We're not the only country with inflation. So I I, I hope it makes him happy, but it certainly doesn't. There are many conservatives like me who think they're reconsidering where they're going to vote. Thank you, Patricia. Well, I'll go back to Aaron O'Toole's uh, proclamation. He's sick and tired of the F. Trudeau flags, and I think he speaks for a significant portion of the Conservative Party that is out of step with Pierre Poliev. Keith, thanks a lot.